It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the morning side hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. And we are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, police opinions have gone to the extreme on both sides. We try to meet somewhere in the middle. Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, today is June 22nd, and we got a holiday to celebrate. We do. It is National Onion Ring Day. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that today is also a very awkward day, because Matt has moved us. And I don't know where to stick my script so I can read. Move your coffee over here. Put your paper right there. But it doesn't fit right there. Fit enough. It'll slide under. Okay. <laughs> Oy. All right. So it's National Onion Ring Day, friends. <laughs> if you've got a craving for all things deep fried, National Onion Ring Day is the holiday for you. On June 22nd, the nation celebrates the irresistible deliciousness of onion rings, often by eating as many of them as possible. It's unclear when onion rings were first developed, but an, but an onion ring-like recipe appeared in an 1802 cookbook and another surfaced in a New York newspaper in 1910. Texas-based restaurant chain Kirby's Pig Stand claims it played a big part in Onion Ring's creation, and fast food restaurant A&W helped them reach widespread popularity. There is still an ongoing debate over who deserves credit for the snack's creation, and cooks also still argue about how to best prepare and serve Onion Rings for the most flavorful results. Some Onion Rings are even made from an onion paste as opposed to an onion ring itself. This style of preparation can make it easier to eat the rings without accidentally yanking the, ri- yanking the onion out of the fried batter. <laughs> however, onion rings first came to be, and however you prefer yours prepared, they are now a beloved snack across the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, Ireland, South Africa, some regions of Asia, and other corners of the world. They've also inspired countless spinoff snacks like Bloomin' onions and funyun chips so no matter how you like them grab a free free onion snack for nas- <laughs> good grief grab a fried onion snack for national onion rings day it's really throwing you off I, listen i told you i don't do well with change i also realize that anytime that it's an ing in a word i want to drop the g yeah you don't say the g it. yeah i know <laughs> Bloomin' onion. So onion rings are one of those things in my life that I've always like really wanted to like. You don't like onion rings? They have to be a specific way. Oh my! They word. have to be like the small, thin ones that don't whip an onion out. Like, listen, I think that today Matt is trying <laughs> to ruin every bit of friendship that we have worked on for the last six years. Like I enjoy Burger King's onion rings, the the small ones that the onion is barely noticeable 
You get the flavor, but you don't have the slimy onion all over. I'm so disappointed in you. I don't like like Sonic so or today. any of those big ones. Uh, I love Funyuns. That oh, might be Funyuns. that might be my favorite chip. That if it even counts as a chip. I don't. It's in the chip aisle. I mean, it's in the chip aisle. <laughs> and when you buy the the what is it? I have no idea. The variety pack. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Of chips, they come in there. But, like, to me, the Funyuns are the ultimate road trip snack. That's really the only time that you go get Funyuns and eat them is when you're going on a road trip. I do agree they tend to lend themselves to to travel. But that's also, it's like the same with, like, corn nuts and all those other really smelly things. Why do we pick the smelly snacks for the road trip snacks? That's true. But they do tend to be... Exclusively for road well, trips. Well, because when you're in a road, when you're on a road, <laughs> when you are on a road trip, how many times do you wear your shoes the entire time? I wear them all the time. I know, because you're weird about <laughs> shoes and feet. But m- the majority of the population will take off their shoes during a road trip. Uh, no, I think it's driver. more than I'm always driving. I don't think you ever take your shoes off when you're driving. Oh, Chris always takes to... oh, his shoes off when illegal. he's driving. That's not illegal. It is illegal. You're also not uh, legally allowed to drive with flip-flops on. Like, you have to be wearing actually sold shoes. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. You can look it up. I don't believe you. It's one of Clovis's weird, stupid laws. No, but, I mean, that's a, I'm pretty sure it's a standard law across all of America. I took driver's ed in flip-flops. So how how does that make any sense? Anyway. Anyway. You can blame the smelly snacks on the smell when everybody thinks it's your feet. That's where I was getting at. It's not even worth the joke anymore. Matt, the joke killer, came in and ruined everything with his facts. With his facts and datum. Whatever. <laughs> so it's been a, been, a, been a weird week. Started off really weird. Why has it been a weird week, Matt? <laughs> I, I don't understand. I really don't. So let's see. Let me hear it. We had recorded all of our... Uh, episodes for last week last saturday then a couple hours after we recorded where you know we're in this small space and we're facing each other we're like four feet apart yakking for four straight hours spit flying everywhere breathing in who knows what can't wear masks when you're recording because it muffles all of the words and the sound get a call hey I hate to tell you this, but we just got informed that we might have been exposed to someone with COVID-19. So, do with that what you will. (laughs) Completely throwing a wrench into my whole life right then and there. I need you to know, okay? The person who called me and told me was like, I have to give you some really bad news, and I am so sorry, and I feel so bad. And I was like, it's okay, you know? 
We were apparently exposed our very first stinking week back at church. (laughs) Topher did sound and was in the sound booth with someone who, Topher is my oldest son, if you don't know. He was in the sound booth with someone who apparently tested positive for COVID. So then the media director had to call me and let me know that this this is what has happened. And until her test results come back or 14 days from exposure, we weren't allowed to go back to church, which is like the weirdest thing to me ever. <laughs> you can't come to church. Um, so then I sat there and I struggled with whether or not to call and tell you. <laughs> because if you don't know Matt, he is the biggest worrier in the world. He yeah. freaks out over almost everything. Freaks out is not the correct word. He totally freaks get, out over I everything. I get extremely anxious. Freaks out. <laughs> freaks out implies like a loud panic. I just not get it. I get a quiet anxiousness. Okay, <laughs> Matt is quiet in his freaking out, but he's freaking out. Um, and so I battled back and forth. Do I tell Matt? Do I not tell Matt? <laughs> the only reason I didn't want to tell Matt was because I didn't want for him to have to worry if it ended up being nothing. And I do appreciate that thought. But then I thought, well, if we come back, if the test results come back positive and then we have to go get tested, then it's really going to, like, I'm going to feel really guilty. Yeah, then I feel I've been really mad bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I just sucked it up and did the right thing and called and told him. And I told him, don't freak out. It's probably nothing, but. (laughs) And what does he do? Look, I'm sorry. Apparently he's told everybody because now everybody's judging us for recording. And this is why. This is why I'm in the predicament that I'm in having to sit in. Uh, not our normal recording space and I'm super uncomfortable and I don't like where I am right now. And it's all because too many people have too many opinions. That's all it is. Deja told me to get one of those plexiglass walls like they have at the grocery store. I would have rather you said, you know what, Mo, we're canceling recording. Nah. I would have rather that? that instead of me feel like I'm some kind of leper yes <laughs> golly geez we've all been exposed at this point listen that's true unless there's you no, are a no hermit way. Yeah. and you're staying home we've all been exposed and it's likely Guaranteed. a lot of us had it already yeah i know i've had it <laughs> i'm just tell- no i'm dead serious when we went on our cruise mm-hmm. our whole family just before during and just after we all were sick. We've had it. Okay. So I'm, I might have brought this up before uh, in a previous show. But I don't know if you remember last year. I think I told, I told you about a day where I woke up in the middle of the night with an intense stomach cramp like I was going to throw up. Positive, you know, you're in that mode where you just know, okay, this is happening. You know, when you're having to accept, I'm going to be throwing up here, trying to get ready for it. Lasted for about 15 minutes, and then it just went away. I never threw up. I was really dizzy. I was really nauseous. I don't remember this. Okay, well, it sound it was awful. 
Okay. But it lasted for 15 minutes, and then it went away. Three days later, Daedra is reading uh, bedtime stories to Eli, and she gets super dizzy, has to stop and go sit down on her bed, our bed, <laughs> her separate bed from the, in her <laughs> own room. Um and she starts feeling really nauseous, nauseous, and she gets up to go to the bathroom. And I said, "Are you gonna throw up?" She goes, "I think so." And she goes in there, and she sits on the floor and just waits for it to happen. And it never does. Fifteen minutes later, it goes away. She never feels sick again. Has no idea what that was. It came on completely suddenly and left just as suddenly. And then two days after that, my mother is telling me last night I had a weird thing happen where I just got really dizzy and felt like I was gonna throw up. And then about 20 minutes later, it just kind of went away, and I was able to go back to sleep. And I feel fine today. And so I'm, like, thinking, is this, was this just, like, it was either, well, that, that's what convinced us that maybe we had this. Maybe this was just the weak COVID-19 strain that was like, hey, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And then Ready our, yourselves. <laughs> and our body was like, nah, and walked away. But either that or it's just we caught the the 15-minute flu, which I've never heard of before. That's 48 hours, 24 <laughs> hour. Yeah, I've heard of those. I've had a 12-hour flu before, yeah. which was the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing of you wake up, you're fine, you start to feel sick, and then it goes away before you even go to bed that yeah. night. Like I was throwing up all day, everything, dizzy, and then it just was gone. And you had a great night's sleep. Had a great night's sleep yeah, and I've woke up feeling refreshed. Too. Yep. <laughs> And you almost wake up like untrusting, like I woke up feeling right. fine yesterday and all of a sudden I felt like garbage and my whole day was ruined. Is the same thing going to happen today? Devil's trying to trick me. Yep. <laughs> so I want you to know I purposely kept it quiet. I didn't tell a whole lot of people. One, because it's my kid. And I hate, like, people knowing information about my children that I personally did not voluntarily give you, that you just heard. I hate that. I got a text message (laughs) on Sunday. Are you not quarantining? Wasn't Topher exposed? Why do you know my kid's business? You are not an everyday part of my life. You do not need to know my child's business. Mind your own business. That's it. (laughs) That's all. But whatever. I purposely kept it quiet, and you had to go and tell people. I had to tell my boss because I work at a church. You didn't have to. I did. Mm -hmm. I had to ask what I needed to do. It was fourth party exposure at that point. And I told him that, and he said, yeah, and I'd be absolutely fine with it, but I know it's going to, if it happens to get out in the church, it's going to freak people out. And so I said, all right. No, instead it freaked everybody out when Matt wasn't here on Sunday. (laughs) Wait, why isn't Matt here? Matt's not ever here unless it's an emergency. Oh, yeah, and he announced it. He didn't announce the whole story, but he just said it's possible that he has had some sort of exposure, and so it's very unlikely that uh, he was actually exposed to it, but he's just going to be overly cautious until we know for sure. And so that's what happened. For anyone who cares, <laughs> test results came back negative. Everybody's good. We're broke. All We're fine. Taken care of. <laughs> COVID has no place here. But you Ugh. know, it re- but it really did make me think 
because I haven't really been in this position yet. Yeah. Of of actually worrying that I'll get it. There's always that overarching idea of well, if you go to the grocery store, you almost certainly you're going to run into somebody that had it or touch something that had it and they didn't know they had it, you know, because yeah. you, you don't know. A lot yeah. of people just don't know if they had it or not. That's what I'm saying. And um, yeah, so having that actually come into a little bit more of a reality of, oh, goodness, well, if Topher caught it, there's no way he didn't give it to his mom over the course of this week. And then if Mo caught it, we've been spitting at each other for four hours. There's no way I didn't breathe in. Whatever she was spitting out. And so I only have that one chain link to rely on. That one chain link has to be <laughs> broken or we all definitely have. <laughs> so I've also got to say, had it been either of my other two children, I would have been a little more concerned. Okay. But it was my very introverted, very mm. antisocial, very much a teenager <laughs> child who was exposed, he, when I told him, when I said from the get-go, Topher, listen, this is what's happening, this is the deal, he said two things. Number one, he said, okay, I want to go get tested right now. Mm. And I was like, you can't really go get tested. He's like, I want to know. If I have it, fine, I'll do what I have to do. But if I don't have it, I want to be able to continue living my life. I don't want to worry all week long until we find out whether or not I've got it. And I was like, okay, that's valid. Number two, he said, I don't even remember seeing him in the sound booth. <laughs> the guy who was with him, who, who ended up testing positive, Topher was like, Mom, I don't think that he worked with me. I don't remember seeing him. This is how antisocial my child is. <laughs> he was just as far apart as we are now from this guy. He's at, just focused on his own job. At least twice. <laughs> because now this, the job of the guy was to do like the running stuff yeah. for the media, you know, making sure this camera was working and going here and going here. And so he wasn't directly in the sound booth, but there were a couple times, number one, the morning meeting, first of all, mm. where they talk and they all discuss what the jobs are and what they're doing. He was in the sound booth with the guy at the time. <laughs> so I knew right away that the exposure time was very limited, but I also knew that my 14-year-old spends 98% of his time in his room by himself. Yeah. I have to force him to come out of his room. <laughs> so my exposure potentiality just limited to was very small. <laughs> <laughs> was very small at that point. So even I was like, well, if it's any of my kids, I'm glad it's that one because he stays the furthest from me all the time. He's a teenager, not 11. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, coming up later in the show, we share more of your embarrassing church stories. Ooh, we'll be back with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. You're listening to the Morning Side Hug. We hope you're enjoying our mix of music this morning on Back Row Radio. We'll be sharing more of your embarrassing church stories when we come back. But first, we've got a giveaway. To celebrate two years of Back Row Radio, we're giving away a prize pack with uh, three books in it. Ooh. You know, radio is, is, is an old form of media. You know, it's, it's, it's got this romantic feel about it because it's not Spotify. You know, it's not... Uh, 
Pandora. Pandora. Weird things where you just get to pick whatever music. How do you get exposed to new music then, guys? So you know what? We also want to pay tribute to another form of old media, and that's reading books. Actual hard copy books in your hands. They make those still? <laughs> so we are giving away a prize pack of books. We've got a copy of The Best of the Salty Sea, which is a uh, fantastic Christian satirical news website. Uh, we've got a copy of my sci-fi novel, The Flesh, and then we have a book called Spiritual Warfare, Unlocking the Path to Victory by Pastor Dr. Johnny Funderburg, whom you have heard on our Sunday uh, midday for pretty much the entirety of Back Row Radio uh, as he brings us a sermon each week. And so we're giving away all that plus a stack of Back Row Radio stickers. To enter this giveaway, you just need to go to backrowradio.com slash giveaway. We will choose one winner at random next Monday. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off this second, well, I'm going to say hour, but we're not really doing the hours anymore like this. Second big segment. Second segment. There we go. Well, it's the third segment. I don't like the word segment. I don't segment. understand what we're doing. You don't like <laughs> what We need it? to come what does up it make with a better word. Bugs? Segmented bodies? I don't, I just don't like it. So it's a cringe word. I don't like it. <laughs> We're going to kick off this. What else would you call it? I don't know. I was about to say segment again. How do you say it? Uh, the second portion of our morning portion. show. <laughs> we kick off this portion with <laughs> five random facts. Five random facts. When <laughs> Prince passed away, he left no will detailing how his multi-million dollar estate should be distributed. Within three weeks of his death, more than 700 people claimed to be one of his half-siblings or descendants. Wow. <laughs> you know? It could... It, it's a possibility. <laughs> the characters on children's cereal boxes are often designed to look down, allowing them to make eye contact with kids at the grocery store aisle. Ah, genius. <laughs> Those marketing schemes. This year, students starting high school in the fall will have been born in 2006. Actually, Topher was born in 2005. So. But I mean, yeah. But there, there will be students who were born in 2006. Yeah, but it well. says, it makes it sound as if all students that are starting high school in the fall. I get you. There's a cutoff date. I think October. So anybody from October of 2005 into 2006, like July of 2006, that's our, our freshman class for this year. <laughs> uh, carrots were originally purple. The orange carrots were we are familiar with today began as a hybrid designed to taste sweeter. Yeah, I remember first hearing that saying carrots weren't always orange. Yeah. Like God didn't design the carrots orange to mm -hmm. begin with? Purple. Yeah, that's. I would not eat that. That's really the reason that Matt doesn't like Laura Carrot. <laughs> that's the actual uh, reason. She should be purple. God designed <laughs> carrots purple. 
I guarantee you. You guarantee me? Uh, yeah, I guarantee uh, you <laughs> that there are are some religious zealots out there who oh, refuse I'm sure. to eat orange carrots because I God didn't sure. make them that way. Yep. We, that is what we call oversaved here at Back Row Radio. <laughs> Oh, that gracious. may be one of my very favorite topics that we've ever discussed, ever. <laughs> That's a good show. Uh-huh. Uh, and lastly, a bolt of lightning contains enough energy to toast 100,000 slices of bread. <laughs> so the next time a thunderstorm is coming, just go out into your backyard, lay out 100,000 pieces of bread, and see if it gets hit. And you're good for a lifetime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we went to our Facebook group, Back Row Baptist Church. You can find it at backrowbaptist.com. And we asked you guys to tell us your embarrassing church stories. And we've done things like this in the past, and we've had a moderate response, you know, maybe 10 to 30 stories. But we got nearly 100 stories. And so we have turned this into kind of a recurring segment until we get through all of them. So uh, we'll be doing this today, and we'll probably do it tomorrow, and I think we're doing it again on Thursday. <laughs> and even then, I bet we'll still have more going so into the next So just hunker down with us. <laughs> they are good stories, They're though, good. So. so we got one here from Don Rose Bauman. Bauman? Bauman? Uh, just making sure this is one that we haven't done already. Uh, yeah. No, we did do this one. I'm sorry. We did this one. This was where she fell um, in the choir. She fell down the steps. No, I don't remember that one. No, we did that one, didn't we? I was in high school in the late 80s. I was in a choir in a small conservative Baptist church. Normally, the choir entered and exited through a side door to the choir loft on the platform. But for some reason, on this particular Sunday, we had to walk down the five front steps and sit on the front row of the auditorium. I was the first one to come down off the stage. I was wearing those smooth ballet flats. Yeah, the ballet flats. Oh, okay. You told me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. But we have another one from her, and that's what threw me off, because I just wrote her name down as which one, but two comments down. This is the one we're starting with. So one more. She said, when my kids were little, like three, five, and seven, they were scheduled to sing special music on Sunday morning. I had taught them the hymn, Trust and Obey, because, I mean, what good Baptist parent doesn't teach that one, right? I positioned the one microphone on a stand and had sh had showed each child where to stand, baby sister in the middle, older brothers on each side. Then I sat on the front row to coach them. As they sang, baby sister realized that she could hear her own voice coming through the sound system. She inched closer and closer to the microphone. While they sang, I motioned for her to scoot back, and she ignored me. Her oldest brother noticed what was happening and tried to pull her back. Suddenly, she stopped, stomped her foot, stuck out her chin, and defiantly declared into the mic, I will stand right here! <laughs> when did she become British? <laughs> I just felt like that, that was the, the energy she was going for. <laughs> I almost went into a Jean-Luc Picard thing, because that's one of his lines. Um... We must okay, I don't remember. Get it together, right Matt. Uh, the line must be drawn here. This far, no further. So that's what I was channeling. I will stand right here. Okay. And then picked up <laughs> with the chorus like a little angel. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. I was cringing, uh, but the pastor got to laughing so hard that he couldn't even start a sermon. So she said, It's a fabulous illustration of our sin nature. <laughs> 
That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. I will stand right there. I will not be moved. Trust and obey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Susan Keith Milburn. Susan Keith Milburn. Is that her middle name? Keith? Um, well, it could be a joint Facebook. But there's no... Oh, could be. I hate it when people do that. You and me both, friend. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Especially when it's like their birthday on Facebook. Which one? Who's, whose birthday is it? No. Listen, <laughs> then it's always awkward when they make a comment on your post because it's like, wait, if this came from Mary... It's okay, but if it came from Steve, it's super inappropriate. <laughs> like, I, I need right? to know And who... they're totally uh, oblivious to the fact that we're all having to guess who's yes! the one that's commenting. Yes. No, I straight up say, I need to know who wrote this. Was it you, Mary, or Steve? Everybody who has a joint Facebook account has to put in parentheses, Steve here, Mary here at mm -hmm. the beginning of the comments. You have to. It's if, what it's your it's your duty. It's your duty. Exactly. <laughs> if you choose to have a joint Facebook account with your spouse, you then have to do us the service of allowing us to know who it is that is commenting on each post. So if this is Susan and Keith Milborn <laughs> Milburn, I don't know who's telling the story. But if Keith is your middle name, Susan, that's a weird middle name. Because that's <laughs> if a it dude. is your maiden name. <laughs> Again, it's slightly weird, but <laughs> please let us I guess know. There, okay, there we is, need there is a Keith. There is a Keith like middle or last name. There's is Toby there? Keith. Oh, Toby Keith. <laughs> so I mean, that's uh, that's the one example I have, and it but might that, be just a stage name. Real I have name. No yeah. Idea. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the story that she was telling. Uh, so she said, "Many to tell uh, during the Easter can cantata, uh, right at a." That's another word I really don't like. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because it says Tata in it. <laughs> it's, it got, it's got can and, and Tata. tata. <laughs> and that's completely inappropriate. Why Especially don't we just say Easter. the Easter boobies? <laughs> the Easter fanny boobs. <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, that's inappropriate. And I'm sorry, guys. There is a disclaimer at the beginning of the show for a reason. We try to be family friendly, but Mo's on the show. I so. am that reason. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know me personally, uh, you just nodded your head because we, it's true. <laughs> we cannot get through Susan's comment <laughs> here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Woo, go ahead. Uh, during the Easter cantata, right at a quiet, uh, quiet part between a prayer and a new song, my cell phone rang the Sanford and Son theme. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have had that as my ringtone at one point as well. It was from Scrubs. It was when they sang it on Scrubs. Really? Just like we did right now. <laughs> um, number two, my son Josh was acting up during worship. Actually, during a prayer request, I stood up and walked out with him. Uh, thrown across my shoulder to get things straight between us and the pastor didn't miss a beat and keep little josh in our prayers for the next few minutes <laughs> that's fantastic that is awesome uh, number three same blessed little boy but 10 years later eating at a fellowship and blurts out the chicken sucks <laughs> i was mortified <laughs> 
quickly reprimanded him and then asked the natural boy, uh, the natural but very bad question, where did you hear that word? He said, you say it all the time. <laughs> Ouch. Last time I said the word, uh, that word, LOL, and I, wait, huh? Last time I said that word, laugh out loud, and I made the chicken salad, by the way. She made the chicken that sucked. That chicken sucks! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, that word, and she even she even bleeped the word here. It's, you know, S with three asterisks and then KS. And I'm like, that, that is one of those words that was just on the the brim of being totally inappropriate, of being just the way kids talk when we were kids. Well, it's thanks to your favorite fa- pastime ever that it's inappropriate, I feel like. Wrestling? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did I tell you the story? Generation X. Of Okay, here, I've got a story time real okay. quick. Okay. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I had asked the kids to clean their rooms. Okay, it's bedtime. I'm going in to check, make sure that everybody's done what, they've a- what I've asked them to do. Of course, no one has. Except Topher. Topher had cleaned his room from top to bottom like spotless. My, this boy is 14 years old, and I don't think in 14 years he's ever cleaned his room <laughs> as good as it was cleaned this day. And so I'm standing in the middle of our, our hallway, which has each kid's bedroom kind of, you know, on all sides of me. So they can all hear me. They can all see me. I'm standing there in awe at Topher's room, and I said, Topher has just become my favorite child. Said it loud enough for all three of my kids to hear me. Or Cannon and Mila go, what? And without missing a beat, Topher, my WWE loving kid, goes, yeah, suck it. And I was like, what? You are now my least favorite child. (laughs) In that instant. In a a second, he went from being my favorite kid to my least favorite kid. And I had to explain to my 14-year-old what suck it means. And why it's inappropriate. (laughs) Do you know what you just inferred to your siblings? Do you know what the it is? It's terrible. (laughs) Oh, and and telling him, Chris and I told him, and telling him his face was like, what? (laughs) It's it's almost innocuous now. It doesn't mean what they... in our minds what yeah. it really means yeah. you know because it's it's just a, a saying that really means in your face yeah but now no <laughs> but originally even in wwe originally that's what exactly what it meant uh-huh and, and he did uh, the hand motion and everything we <laughs> had to tell him thing. we had to tell him tofer Listen, this is where it originated and what it was our generation when we were in high school and your age that it, it became a big thing. We know what it means, kid. I was going to I, was, I remember in in middle school in junior high. And that's when I was really starting to get into it. Mm-hmm. There was a kid who came. <coughs> oh, you're right. Most most dying. Hold on. Most got the COVID. She's got it after all. I was just about to say it was coffee down the wrong pipe, not COVID. I'm good. Ugh. Um, we had a kid who wore a Degeneration X shirt that said that on there with just the U being asterisk out. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Are our teachers? I remember thinking even then, this is inappropriate for school. <laughs> But even now, even in the WWE, they don't say the word. Like, every now and then in the last couple really? decades, they have, like, a little reunion with the two main guys from okay. D-Generation X. 
and they don't say the word. They say the phrase, we got two words for you. And then they let the crowd yell it out because they're, they're trying to do, you know, not TV 14 anymore. They're trying to be TVG or TVPG appropriate for. Uh... Well, it ain't working. <laughs> it's not working at all. But no, I was thinking about this actually um, the other day when I was adding more music to the radio station. I did a big music upload uh, the other day and. One of the songs that came up from, I think it was 2003, was from MXPX. And they had a, they released a really popular song, but it got no airplay on Christian, Christian stations because it was like a love song. And it was called Everything Sucks When You're Gone. Okay. So it's about being, you know, uh-huh. alone when, when, yeah. when his girlfriend's gone or whatever. And I remember that being such a big controversy when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like there were parents saying, you will never listen to MXPX again. That's kind of thing. They had to, anytime they had it like on the TV, like there was a, a station in Albuquerque and it wasn't even like a Christian station, but they would just play the thing. It was censored. The word sucks was censored even in the song, but also just like written out. It was all censored. I'm like, this is not the F word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing to say i say i do not say sucks a lot but when i say it something has to be really bad i yeah. use sucks as like man this is just the worst thing that could possibly be happening right now yeah you know and i've noticed that a lot of people kind of give me that look like you really just said that well yeah because it does it sucks this is awful <laughs> But to say, you to use suck in a different manner, I can see where it's inappropriate and, you you know, people would be like, you're absolutely never going to say that word. But to use it as a, like a description of... Of an, a feeling, an emotional feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like it makes perfect sense. I feel like there's not many other words that you can say that right. give the effect of how, how bad or how difficult something is. But at the same time, people would use that same argument to use the, the dirtier four-letter words. And we've even used that argument when we've talked about Christians and cussing. Yeah. About sometimes you got to say the D word. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. the S word really encapsulates the 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 actual emotion and feeling that you have that no other word will have. Yeah. (laughs) Shoot does not do the same thing. (laughs) But again, those are extremely rare situations. And I completely agree with you, even with the word sucks, in that it's usually reserved for, oh, this is the worst thing. That could happen. And it's usually in a very emotional situation. Uh-huh. Most of the time when I say it, it's in like a response to someone else mm-hmm. who is telling me a, a incredibly sad thing that has happened this week. Uh-huh. And I have no other words of comfort other than that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But see, and then I know <laughs> like you, I don't know if we are the minority or the majority because there are so many people who I'm sure we'll find out after this airs. right there are so many people who say it or read it and they read it as that sucks sorry like just very flippant right like, with no with no yeah back meaning to it right yeah whereas I don't know like I said I don't know if we're the minority or the majority but I know that when you say it and when I say it when I read it when you've typed it I know that it means that sucks oh you yeah, know yeah and that's exactly how I mean it when I say it 
But then I always wonder when I type it to someone else if they just read it like, oh, sorry for you. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I get what you're saying, yeah. (laughs) That was a fun tangent. We definitely (laughs) just talked a lot about the word sucks. Susan. Susan or Keith. Susan and or Keith Milburn. You have sparked a lot of conversation so far in the segment. The least you can do is let us know who you are. Of our show. <laughs> are Please. you Susan? And it doesn't help that there are three people in their picture. I don't know who's who. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> Just saying. All right. Uh, she got one more story here. Uh, she or he or both. Uh, last, my daughter, about four, came out of Wednesday Night Kids Club and was so excited to tell me that the teacher was teaching them about the possums. The 12 possums that followed Jesus around. (laughs) This is so cute. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Okay. Those those lessons you learned in Sunday school that completely change your your vision of of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus loved animals. He had 12 possums that followed him around all the time. I thought they were opossums. The 12 opossums. We'll do one more here from Laura Riddle. Uh, When I was maybe eight or nine, my church had a Good Friday service. As a symbol of the bitter death of Christ, they served crackers with horse, horse, horse. This is one of those words I can never say. Horseradish. Thank you. Uh Uh, I had never had. Horseradish. Before, and <laughs> before my mom had the chance to warn me that I only needed a little and wouldn't like it, I scooped a giant pile onto my cracker and shoved the whole thing in my mouth. It was, of course, disgusting, and I immediately jumped up and ran to the bathroom to spit it out, which, of course, everyone saw. So, yeah. Say it again. Horseradish. <laughs> Horseradish. Hor- it. Horseradish. I just, Horse I don't, my radish. mouth doesn't want to say it. Horse my mouth radish. wants to just oh melt. My tongue wants to fall apart as I'm saying it. Horse, horse, horseradish. Seriously? Wow. Can you say horse? Horse. horse. You barely can <laughs> horse. say horse, apparently. Horse, horse, horse. Radish. Horse. Horseradish. 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 Hey, I have a question for you. What's up? Earrings, a necklace, bracelet, watch. What are those things like? What category would those things fall into? What would you call that? That's Ju- all jewelry. What is it? Jewelry. Jewelry. Okay. My family says jewelry, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> That's another word that we probably shouldn't say. Oh. All right. So. <laughs> For everybody who wasn't yet offended, <laughs> here we are. And, like, we're, we're not always this bad, but this, 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 uh, this, this segment, this, this, I'm sorry, portion of our show, because segment was offensive to Mo. We can't say segment, but uh, we can. <laughs> I think we better end right there. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, (coughs) we're talking about the police. We'll be back with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. (laughs) You're listening to the Morning Side Hug.
big side hug here on Back Row Radio, sharing airtime with the best mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie. Coming up next, we're talking about the current state of police in this country. But first, here's not another Bible study with Kyle and Matt. Hey man, you know, so we left this story seeing that God saw the Ninevites' actions in Jonah, uh, that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with, and he did not do it. And then the very next chapter, we read that Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. Now that makes total sense uh, because Kyle, when I preach and somebody responds and they turn from their sins to faith uh, in Jesus Christ, I get ticked, man. That is the <laughs> worst thing that ever, no, the exact opposite. You know, we plead with people to, to respond to the gospel and then we stand there during the invitation uh, like a, uh, a jilted bride at the altar or something. You know, we just kind of wait for a while. Uh, but uh, no, it's a great celebration when people turn from their sin into Christ. But that wasn't how Jonah responded. And we had shared over the last couple of weeks as we've looked at this book, uh, how God still had some work to do with Jonah. And he asked there in verse four, is it right for you to be angry? Uh, why might that be, Kyle? So what we saw is, is really Jonah's prejudice against the, the Ninevites. He hated them for, for who they were, right? He hates everything about the Ninevites. And in fact, we saw him running in the complete opposite direction until God supernaturally intervened through a great fish to bring him back. So he calls Jonah. Jonah goes to preach to these people that he hates. And, and God does what just might be the biggest single revival in history. And the preacher is angry about it. Can you imagine like Billy Graham in, in Dallas during a crusade, like thousands of people coming up and him just taking his Bible and just throwing it <laughs> on the pulpit like, I quit. Yes, and, and what we see here is uh, really something we see throughout the, the life and ministry of Jesus too, in that people that were not respected become the models for us to follow. So Jonah the prophet becomes the model for us not to follow. The people who responded in repentance become the model that we should follow. Absolutely. You know, we, we tend to like grace for us, not always for others. And we need to look at this as a reminder that all people are loved by, by God. He shows compassion and we want to rejoice when they trust in Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful day. And we would love for you to check us out at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. And you can keep up with our podcast there. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And it is time for our main segment. And uh, today we're going to be talking about something that is kind of impossible to avoid, which is kind of how every week has gone for mm -hmm. the last uh, month or year. so. Oh. Just all, <laughs> whole, since, since 2020 began. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh, man. <clears throat> just, it just keeps on coming, y'all. All right, so police, we're in this weird limbo. So we've been talking about the George Floyd case, obviously, uh, the last couple weeks. We had uh, our buddy Rafer on, uh, talked about Black Lives Matter. We've, we've talked about the, uh, the riots and the protests and the difference between the two. But we're at the point now where... Things are coming to a head in a weird way, mm -hmm. in a in a in in an unhelpful way, in my opinion, for what we're trying to do. So we talked a little bit last week about Chaz. Remember Chaz, mm -mm. the uh, Capitol Hill autonomous yes, zone in yes. Seattle, yes, which uh, 
they realize they don't want to call themselves autonomous anymore because they want to be able to call in the EMTs and the ambulances and stuff. Okay. So they renamed it uh, the Capitol Hill uh, Occupied Protest. That's what it was. They're oh. trying to go back to the so Occupy Wall Street, so now it's Trump. Okay. Uh, but people are still calling them Chaz. Uh, but I've watched a lot of videos of, uh, you know, people that have go into to Chaz and see what it's been like and and things. And, you know, during the day, it seems actually very friendly. It kind of seems like a bit of a hippie commune kind of thing and handing out water and, and you know, all this being real nice. And then the nighttime videos. Not so great. Violence and again, fires and, and things of that nature. So it's been weird. But the one thing that I see everywhere in these videos is spray paint of four letters, A-C-A-B. Okay. And that stands for all cops are bass, you know, that word. Not basses, but you know what I mean. The B word that we don't say. Okay. And uh, that has become a kind of a, a rallying cry rallying hashtag with this movement of defunding the police so i had an argument with someone an impromptu argument with someone on facebook that i didn't expect to have someone i've never met uh, about the idea that he he claimed to me obviously nobody is saying that we want to abolish the police and i thought no that's that's clearly the message that I've been hearing. And in fact, we had in Minneapolis where George Floyd uh, died or was killed, uh, we had a situation where the mayor was in the middle of this protest and was asked directly by the person that was leading the protest at the time over megaphone, we want to abolish the police and we want to know, and it's a yes or no question, Will you abolish the police? And as he's sitting there kind of thinking and clarifying the question, she's, she's clarifying what she's saying. She's saying, I'm talking about no more. We want no more police officers. We want no more people roaming the streets with guns. Will you abolish the police? He very calmly said, I am, I am for making reforms and changes. I am not for completely abolishing the police. At which point, this entire crowd that he was surrounded by turned on him. This is, you know, this is a Democratic mayor. This mm -hmm. is a, a mayor that clearly sides with a, a lot of these things that the protests are standing for. Right. But the one thing that he thinks is over the line here, at least, or, you know, the one thing in this situation anyway, I don't really know all of his politics, but I'm not going to abolish all the police, just mm -hmm. no police. Right. And they called him a racist, said race, chanted racist, go home, said get the F out, booed him all the way. There's a whole video of him just sheepishly walking through this entire crowd and leaving. And I thought to myself, this was the moment that the Black Lives Matter thing switched mm -hmm. to liberal causes. This, this is where that, that protest changed from, you know, defeating systematic oppression to a political agenda. And is that, it's, that's the point where we have start to see this kind of shift of people who 
just a couple weeks ago were saying, absolutely, we will say the phrase Black Lives Matter. Now our thinking can't say that phrase anymore, not because we don't believe it, but because now it's a political agenda again, not a human rights thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's now a loaded statement again, which has been the problem that we've had with it in the past, uh, or at least I've had with it in the past. So we had, uh, let's see, in response to this, of course, uh, cops, live PD. Originally, they said they were canceled. Now they're just saying they've been, they're going to be retooled. Which it's one of my favorite shows, y'all. I mean, I feel like, wouldn't it be better that we have more cameras oh my gosh. on the police? Okay, but can I just say, <laughs> through Live PD, Chris and I have had, and I feel like if anyone would actually watch Live PD, you would be able to see, we've had so many good conversations, Chris and I, as a couple, over watching Live PD. There's been one instance where I could I watched it and kind of went, you know, they treated them unfairly. Yeah. The way that they handled that situation was based completely off of race. And you can tell, you can see, and that's not okay. But then there, that for that one instance, there are hundreds, hundreds of others that have been recorded where it goes against this narrative of all cops are yeah, not good. Um, or racist or whatever. It, to me, Live PD has proved and shown that there are so many. And I don't think that it's just because there's a camera on them. You know, because you can only hide your true colors and your true feelings for so long. Yeah. Um, but it has shown truly how many good cops there really are out there working the streets, working some really hard rough areas yeah you know of of the united states um so we've seen that uh cops of course i'm not a big fan of cops but i do remember watching it a lot back in the 90s yeah but i did get the sense with cops that it was painting good guys versus bad guys oh yeah always and so i'm fine with cops going away yeah but live pd like you said absolutely i've only seen a few episodes but i did get that sense this isn't cops yeah this is it's the complete opposite. Yeah. I grew up on cops. My dad loved cops. And so, and I loved cops. It was something that he and I watched together. But know. it was, it was like, it was like Jerry Springer. It was, it was in that very vein. much good guy versus bad yeah. guy. It was like, we're, we're here to see lives implode. That's yeah. what, that's what cops felt like. Mm -hmm. Yep. Whereas <laughs> with live PD, you see, you know, walls being broken. You see cops going out of their way to to help and to serve the community. Yeah. You know, for the better, not to just put anybody they can in handcuffs and take them in or write anybody they can a ticket and take them in, which is what cops always was. Right. Absolutely. So the that is the whole purpose it seems behind this kind of movement is that we're trying to not only not you know the idea that we're going to abolish the police nationwide is an unrealistic one and i think everybody who's calling for that knows that but in order to placate those desires without actually having to do that it seems society is starting to cave into saying okay we just won't present police as good guys and so uh, original stories came out saying that Lego was no longer going to produce like police sets. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, that, I believe, has been walked back now to where they're just not going to, like, promote them anymore. Like, they're still going to have them. They'll still make them, maybe. But they're not going to, like, hype them as some big thing. You know, live out a cop's life in this Lego set. But they also came for Paw Patrol, y'all. And it sounds like it was a joke. I for real thought it was a joke. And it might have started that way as, like, a tweet or a joke or something. But it spiraled. It spiraled into legitimate opinion pieces in newspapers and online about how having uh, police officer cartoon figures only lures children into this false sense of security with police officers, that they're all good. And I'm thinking, gosh, why would we want to go against that? Why would we want to demonize police officers all across the board? Because that, again, that's cutting with this this wide swath, mm-hmm. which is the exact thing that we're trying to stop doing to communities and, and uh, you know, people of any kind of genre in life. Mm-hmm. We don't want to cut with wide swaths. We don't want to paint everybody with the same brush. Exactly. It should be an individual basis when it comes to condemnation Mm -hmm. it should never be a acab should Mm -hmm. never be a all blank r whatever Mm -hmm. yeah there are so many white women who i don't want to be associated with there are so (laughs) many no listen there are so many christian women who i don't want to be associated with there are so many moms who I don't want to be associated with. There are so many women who are 35 who I don't want to be. But just because I am all of those things, I am a white Christian mother who's 35, that does not mean that I am like all white Christian moms who are 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And to that, that's basically what we're doing, is we're just saying that if you fall into this category any way, shape, or form, then you are like everyone else who is in that category with you. Right. And that's not fair. I hate using the word fair because it's so childish. <laughs> but when you consider it, it just, it does not make sense. Yeah. It does not make any sense whatsoever. So in in the, the Black Lives Matter movement, of course, which really got kicked off again with the George Floyd case, we're, we're talking about the, uh, the racism that exists within... You know, the systems of America. And, of course, there's going to be some in uh, our police systems, but everywhere. There's going to be that little hint of systematic racism within it. We can come to accept that. What we can't say is that because there were nine cases where an unarmed black man was killed by a police officer, that that means the millions of police that we have in America are responsible. Right. And thus should be punished and even hated and vilified. Mm-hmm. We had, did you see the video of the, the lady cop with the, at the McDonald's this past week? Mm-mm. No. So there, this, this woman, I don't remember her name and I'm sorry, I forgot to pull this up before the show started. Who she, uh, Placed her order at McDonald's on the app before going uh, for breakfast. Okay. When you place when you place the order, the idea is that it's gonna kind of be ready. She goes, 
She gets in line. She was waiting at the window. They come out and ask her what her order was. Then they ask her to pull up and wait in the parking lot. And then they bring her just her coffee. And at this point, it's been 15 minutes. She's waiting on just a simple, like, egg McMuffin or something. Yeah. And she has to tell the police officer, or the lady who brought the coffee, just, just don't bring the food. I'm too nervous now to even take it. Because of a situation that happened, I believe, at Shake Shack earlier in the week, where three officers had bleach in their shakes. Now, Shake Shack has claimed that, well, they were cleaning the shake machine and they just didn't do a good enough job and some of that chemical got in there. And uh, the police officer, the police department jumped the gun and accusing this as being some sort of hate crime against police officers. But still, I've worked in fast food. A lot of people who have worked in fast food and even at Shake Shack have... So, Usually those chemicals don't even come out until everything's closed down. Yeah. But we understand this also with the COVID-19. I'm sure there's more cleaning going on. But even then, it is incredibly difficult for a situation to occur where you're going to wind up with bleach in a shake. Right. Let alone three shakes. Let alone the only three shakes that are going to the three police officers that just came in. And nobody else in the building right. at the time. Yeah. Can't, again, can't make that accusation, but it's a weird situation. And it got a lot of police officers rightly freaked out. And so this lady posted a video saying, look, it's, 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 and she had to clarify this too. It wasn't about the, the Egg McMuffin and it wasn't about me trying to accuse McDonald's of doing anything. But police officers are being so vilified now Mm -hmm. that they are afraid they can't even get something to eat without somebody putting something dangerous in it. Yeah. Like all those three officers, I don't know if they were hospitalized, but they were certainly sickened. Right. And it could have, bleach can kill you. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you ingest enough of that, it can kill you. Mm Mm-hmm. And not, and by enough, that's not like having to down a whole cup. You could easily kill with enough that could be hidden in a shake mm-hmm. absolutely and so to to be a police officer and to sit there in the situation where this food's usually ready to go even when you don't pre-order it mm-hmm. you know it's an egg mcmuffin they sell a thousand of those every morning and i've had to wait for 15 minutes for this what are they doing to this mm-hmm. you know yeah and so even though likely they weren't doing anything because that happens at McDonald's. McDonald's gets backed up. Sure. Whatever. Just that fear that was in the back of her mind, she was trying to voice. She was saying, please, please end this whole wide swath cutting. Essentially exactly what we're saying. We're trying to do our best. And there's so many of us who are trying to do our best. And now we are living in fear for our very lives. And the response to that was, She's crying over an Egg McMuffin. That was the response. And it wasn't about that at all. It was about the systematic fear now that we have going Mm -hmm. through where we have gone so far in the opposite direction and there are so many people now who are afraid to stand up for the police Mm -hmm. because they're afraid it's going to look like they're against Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard... I think what's so heartbreaking for me, there's so many, so many levels of heartbreak in this situation, but I can, I mean, 
I can remember when my brother was little. He's seven years younger than me. And so I can remember when those Lego sets or the the toy cars with the police officer, you know, every little boy goes through a period in their life where they want to grow up to be a police officer. It's just something that you think about when you're a toddler for three, four or five years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? A police officer, you know? Yeah. And now that's something that's, it went from being something that was deemed heroic and selfless, um, to being vilified within just, I feel like it's been overnight for Pete's sake. Yeah. You know, that it, it just instantly happened where my, my younger son, Cannon, that's what he wants to be when he grows up. He wants to be a canine officer, has always wanted to be a canine officer since he was about eight. One, he loves dogs. Two, he loves police officers. He loves the work that they do. But now, even more than sending my child off into the military, there's this fear of sending my child off to be an officer. Right. Someone who's supposed to serve and protect, who's serving and protecting them. Right. It's already an extremely dangerous job. Exactly. It is an extremely selfless position to be in Mm -hmm. because you are essentially saying, I will die before I let anybody else die. Yeah. When you join this, this these ranks, mm-hmm. and there are there are dozens of cases every year of police officers getting killed at routine traffic stops mm-hmm. and things of this nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is incredibly dangerous, and every they have to walk into every situation, even a routine traffic stop, with the idea in the back of their mind. This is where things could go down. Yeah. This is where I could die. And so can you imagine the pressure that they're under and that they're willing to stay under? What do you think drives them to that? Now, there, yes, there are a few people who get into this position, probably a lot more than there should be, that are there because they like the authority. Right. They're authoritarians. They're little dictators in training. I get that. Mm-hmm. And one of the reforms that absolutely has to happen is a registry of police officers who are let go for assault or, or you know, just misconduct of any way, because that does happen far too often where they're let go from one police precinct and mm-hmm. so they move to another town and get hired somewhere else and continue to do this. Yep. Make that national database doesn't have to be public for you know everybody to view, but it should be for all the police stations to view. Yeah, to keep that from happening, and that will severely weed out a lot of this for sure. And I the other reform that I think needs to happen that I don't feel like is being pushed nearly enough is like mandatory psych evaluations mm-hmm. for police officers at least like once a year. To make sure that they're with without the threat of them losing their job if they're having some mental health issues. Because mm-hmm. I think that's probably the fear. Oh, yeah. That they don't want to talk about how they're struggling with this, that, or the other because they're going to get their badge taken away and they're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a middle ground where they could have time off to recuperate or whatnot. And, yeah, all that's going to cost a little bit more money. And that's the point. We're going to, if we're defunding the police, all we're doing is guaranteeing that things are going to get worse. Oh, yep. 
mm-hmm. and that's not the right direction to go. It's just depressing. It's going to cost us something. (laughs) It's going to cost us something. And for far too long, we've just allowed it to cost lives. Yeah. Whereas we need to just be willing to allow it to cost money. And yes, that's hard. It's hard to pay extra taxes. It's hard to, you know, be willing to allow money go from from this allocated whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, over to the police department. They're going to be hard changes. But these are realistic changes. These are possible changes. And these are things that need to happen because we we have to have a police force. We have to. Mm -hmm. But we have to have a well-trained, well-regarded police force. Ones who take into account human lives not just what they think from the outside not just how someone looks from the outside right you know there needs to be definite extensive training done and i mean we've said this for a couple weeks now on different shows that the psych evaluations meeting with a counselor these things need to happen and it's okay I mean, we've suffered from PTSD in our own personal lives and haven't gone through near the amount of things that a police officer deals with on a regular basis. So, of course, they're going to be dealing with hard internal battles that can only be fixed and helped with professional care. Absolutely. And that's okay. That's okay. You are a human. You're allowed to feel those emotions. You're a police officer, yes, but you're a human. And we need to show more care and regard for their lives just as much as for the lives of the civilians who are who are supposed to be being protected by the police force. Absolutely. I think in this situation, what we're looking for is the 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 answer that will do the most good. Mm-hmm. Abolishing the police is not that answer. Exactly. Defunding the police is not that answer. Putting more focus on making sure that the police systems work in a more uh, humane way for the officers as well as a a more responsible way when it comes to those that abuse the system being taken out of the system. Mm -hmm. Those are both situations that are going to cost more money, more training, more effort, but will do the most good because mm-hmm. that's going to get us the police force that everybody, including most police officers, want. They want a police force that everybody can trust mm-hmm. so they can go out there and do the most good yeah. for the community, protect the community mm-hmm. without having to fear for their own lives just going to get breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> they already have to fear for their lives in their normal job. But now just existing as a police officer is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, yeah, that's sad, guys. And it's I a- think far too many people know little about what the overall picture is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little bit of information and you think, oh, that's a great idea. That sounds amazing. That's the re- the route that we need to take. When there's more moving pieces to the puzzle, you know, we can't just say this little piece is going to work. Um, 
what is it, civil guard? We have a, a civil guard here in New Mexico. I don't know if it's in every state, but have you heard about our, our civil guard? I don't think so. Who? It's just a group of civilians, everyday guys, who choose to come together. They're armed, and they choose to come together and protect the civilians in the community without police having to be there, okay? Mm. When we ha- were having quite a few protests in the town and, you know, there was worry that people, our protests were going to get out of hand like some of the bigger cities, the Civil Guard came in and they stood watch over quite a few. They were right across the street one day over in, in Hilltop Plaza, stood guard over quite a few um, businesses, Business owners contacted them and said, can you please come watch? I'm, I'm worried. I'm concerned for my business. Well, they were in Albuquerque this past week, and there was a fight that broke out. And someone came to one of the civil guardsmen, tried to attack him, had a knife. Civil guardsmen shot him. And now the civil guardsman is facing charges. And every single one of the civil guardsmen had their guns taken by the government because they were in a public place with guns that happened to be affiliated with a crime. So all of their guns are now in, in possession of, you know, the forces that be, whoever is higher up. These are things that a police officer is protected from. Your gun is not going to be taken. You're not, not considered just some civilian out there trying to take matters into his own hands. Yeah. There's going to be an investigation. There's going to be things that are going to be done. Sure, are they always done properly? No. And we get that. There are changes that need to be made. But you are not going to have multiple police officers out on the street without their their weapon of protection, not just for themselves, but for you as well, to protect you in in case something happens, um, as these civil guardsmen now are. Yeah. You know, their position is now null and void. They can't do anything. They can no longer live up to the promise that they've made multiple people, you know, in, in different counties and businesses, because they really don't have a legal role in all of this at the end of the day they are just civilians yeah who who have to follow state guidelines that have a little more leeway for police officers mm-hmm. so it's a t- i mean it is a tough job you are it is. you are essentially given the license to determine if a situation is bad enough that a life has to be taken. Absolutely. And so we we get that this is such a a an extreme uh, responsibility, and so it has to be taken extremely seriously. But that's that's just it. There are going to be situations that come up where that kind of force is is warranted and necessary to prevent more loss of life. If you have someone crazy running around killing people, you want police there to take the guy out. Mm -hmm. If we abolish the police, which I believe Minneapolis has now voted to do, to try and experiment with no police, I am afraid of what's going to happen then when there's a mass shooter on the loose or, you know, a 
roving gang or any any kind of crazy situation that can't normally happen because there's a police force. It's a, it's a terrifying prospect to think of. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's when we give rise to people kind of like the civil guard that you're talking about, but maybe without the training or without the care or without the, the uh, idea that, you know, they're there to protect, but instead they're there to enforce. Mm-hmm. That's when we start to get crazy militias and weird things popping up all over the area. And uh, just like in, in Chaz, they have their own police force that has been just brutally beating up people who do things they don't like. Not even things that are illegal or not even things that are hurting them, but just in opposition to what they're saying or what they're doing or what they want. Mm-hmm. Just beating the living tar out of people. Yeah. I mean, that's not police. And that's how things are going to go if we abolish the police. We need better police, absolutely. But we have to start with what we have and build on it. Not wipe everything clean and think that we just don't need them. And then just watch how the world devolves into chaos. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things, Matt, I don't know if I'm just one of those people that tends to overanalyze things. We talk about this regularly. You? But I I just think about the bigger picture of it all. You know, and, and if we have, if we abolish the police force and we just have civilians out there doing what people are considering their civil duty, you know, taking things into their own hands, protecting others. Worst case scenario happens, some, you know, someone dies. Well, they don't have those, those laws to protect them. You know, you are now, you have now taken someone's life. You are most likely going to go to jail, go to prison for a certain amount of time. Our prisons are already overrun. They're about to get even more overrun. Because you're going to have all these people who think, well, I, I can do this job. I can step in and I can take matters into my own hands. And you're not going to be able to do the job properly. And there's not going to right. be, be... You have no training. Yeah. There's not going to be <laughs> laws there to protect you in worst case scenario. You know, there's not going to be body cameras to defend your story if when things go awry. There's no, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I don't understand how anybody can, I do understand because you're thinking for just in that tunnel vision of, okay, this looks like a good idea. This sounds great. But you've got to look at the bigger picture and just see this has the potential to be incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Far worse. Yeah. A far worse payout. On so many levels. On so many levels. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we've talked that one to death and we're exhausted. So (laughs) I don't know how far this is going to go. I'm really hoping that we kind of wake up and defend our our boys in blue a little bit more. Boys and girls in blue. Um, Way to be a sexist, Matt. (laughs) Way to throw that in there. Let's just throw. (laughs) Let's just offend everybody. Right here. This has been an offensive episode from the get go. So, yeah, 100% offense today. Coming up next, we share something that we love. We'll be back in just a few with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio.
Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. Uh, so, did you see I Can Only Imagine? I did. So, that was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you judge it against like other Christian movies. You know, this was a more well-made, cool re- retelling of the story of Bart Millard from Mercy Me. It was all right. I didn't love I Can Only Imagine. I, I wasn't a huge super fan of it. Yeah. It was a good movie, but I wasn't a huge super fan of it. Right. And it's because it was focused heavily on the music aspect and the band aspect and not as heavily on Bart Millard himself. There was a little bit with the story with the father, but a lot of it, it was like half and half yeah. personal story and half musical journey yeah. situation, which I get because it's about a band. But then we had from the same people just came out, I Still Believe, which was the retelling of the story of Jeremy Camp. Mm-hmm. So have you seen this one too? Yes. Yes. Hot dang. So good. What a great movie. Not just for a Christian movie. Really good movie. So when I went into it. Sad though. Super sad. Chris had to leave multiple times during the movie. But I went into it with the mindset of, I, I, of how I felt watching I Can Only Imagine. Yeah, me like, too. Great. Okay. It's going to be a good movie, but bleh, whatever. But I watched it and was like, oh, my word. This is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I loved it. And it's it's almost exactly how I've read his story in the past of how his life went. Yeah. Uh, just uh, a, a crazy. I don't want to give away any of it because right. it's all it's all it's just it's a movie you need to watch. It is incredibly sad. It is a heart wrenching, not just heartbreaking, heart wrenching. Like your heart is a sponge and someone is squeezing it out of all of its juices. Like it just it kills you. Yeah. But it, does. it is it is such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um and it deals with all of the the real struggles that Jeremy Camp uh went through like emotionally and faith wise and all the questions and, and you know, it talks about the question of what happens if God doesn't heal you, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a big, a big thing that a lot of Christians ask, you mm-hmm. know, wh- you know, why isn't God making this better? Why isn't God healing me? Why isn't God taking this away? You know, sometimes that doesn't happen. And it's hard to just flippantly say, you know, well, there's a reason or there's a purpose behind it. God's got a plan and all this kind of thing. You know, sometimes you don't see the plan. Sometimes maybe there isn't a plan per se in the fact that somebody's sick or somebody's hurt, but God can still use it mm-hmm. to do really great things. Absolutely. I don't feel like God ever wants anybody to be sick or ill. God certainly doesn't want people to be in pain, but he can certainly use all that pain, just like he can use our mistakes and our pasts and all that to build something great, to build a legacy out of and to make it, at least have a point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that's as far as I'm going to get into explaining what the story is. It's a really good story. I really think we should cover this one day on a topic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I've got so much that I want to say, but I'm keeping my mouth shut. I so. pr- appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No, uh, absolutely. And I think we've touched on it a little bit in the past, always as kind of like a side topic yeah. into what we're normally talking about. But yeah, we'll keep that in mind for a full uh, expose mm. in the future. Um, but yeah, really good movie. I still believe the story of Jeremy Camp, not heavily focused on his music, 
the music is more of a very small side story. They don't even really like, and I, co- I, I can only imagine they kind of showed like the industry aspect and, mm-hmm. you know, agents and meeting other artists and how they got into the business and demos and all this kind of thing. Jeremy Camp, really, they just kind of, every now and then he played a little bit of the end of a concert of somebody else's band and then eventually he was a popular singer. They didn't really like, show the process of what was going on yeah i mean from the very beginning you knew that he was a a musician you knew that that's the path he was taking you knew that that's where he was going so it was a big part of it but it wasn't the main focus of the movie right it was it was just kind of like the the story set up yeah the more the main focus was his relationship with this girl ah all right so good it is good go watch it (laughs) uh let's see oh it's on hulu by the way oh is it yeah it's still in like i don't know quote unquote in theaters like it came out in theaters um and you can rent it in some places now but it is also on hulu if you have the basic hulu subscription that's where we watched it you can watch it there too okay well Let's close out the show with a Bible verse for the day. Our Bible verse for the day comes from Psalm 94, 19. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Thank you for joining us. There's a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to Back Row Baptist. If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of the Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps, and catch up with our new Monday through Wednesday shows. The podcast of our Throwback Thursday episodes are reserved for our Patreon donors, as well as other bonus content and incentives. If you listen to Back Row Radio and want to support the work we do, please consider partnering with us by going to backrowradio.com slash partner. Any size donation will get you our private podcast feed. And uh, one last reminder is our giveaway. We're doing our, our giveaway to celebrate two years of Back Row Radio. We've got a stack of books. Stack of books. Go to backrowradio.com slash giveaway for all the details of the prizes and how to enter. It's very simple. And we'll be giving uh, that away to one of you lucky listeners next Monday. That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. I think we could all use some onion rings. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye.